Our gospel is from St. Matthew, the third chapter, beginning at the 13th verse. It, too, is printed on the back of your bulletin insert, should you want to follow along. As we prepare to hear these words, let us pray. God of light and mystery, God of presence and wonder, we pray that as we read these ancient words, that we might hear a word for us this day, as we encounter the word who is the Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus answered him, let it be so now, for it is proper in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the waters, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. You are my beloved. If God had only four words to speak to us, and these were it, they would be enough. No matter how we parse out these words, or even in the order in which we speak them, they are enough. They are enough. You are my beloved. My beloved, you are. Or we could make it a question, are you my beloved? How we answer and live the truth of these words speaks to how we approach our lives. You are my beloved. These were the words that Jesus heard as he rose from his baptismal waters. With you I am well pleased. And these are the exact words that you and I hear at our baptism as well. Today we remember the baptism of Jesus. Today, we remember our baptisms. And if you have not yet been baptized, Pastor Myers and I invite you to talk with us following the service. For baptism is a sacrament of the whole church, not just a particular church. And a sacrament is something that is outward and visible, which points to something that, was, that is inward and invisible. The classic definition is the outward and visible sign of an inward and indwelling and invisible grace. So you and I are outward and visible signs of God's inward, invisible grace. You are a living sacrament. Jesus' baptism was a commissioning of sorts. And then immediately following, he began his wanderings in the wilderness for those 40 days and 40 nights that we recall during Lent, which will happen in six weeks from now, so we'll talk more about that then. Baptism sets us on a journey. It's a blueprint for our lives where we awaken to the life that is indwelling within us. We understand baptism not as some salvific event, that without which one is destined to the fires of hell, which I don't believe exist at all. And if they did exist, what would this say about an all-loving God? 
No, baptism is a communal act, uniting the newly baptized with the baptized community, the community of the covenant, that's which we are. And baptism says that we are beloved. Baptism says we are enough. Baptism says there is a place for you. Baptism says you belong. It says that you are a part of the mystical body of Christ. And it affirms simply the truth that we are loved, that we are home. As we heard from St. Matthew, when Jesus was coming up out of the waters, suddenly the heavens were opened to him and the Spirit of God descended like a dove resting upon him. Then he heard from heaven those words, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. What would our lives be like? if we live the implication and truth of those words. Friends, this is what happened at our baptism, whether we remember it or not. We were told, you are my daughter. You are my son. You are my beloved. And I'm very pleased with you. The rub is, do we believe this? Do we want to believe this? It can't be that easy that we are loved just because of who we are. Or could it be this easy? Too often we try to make our relationship with this mystery we call God, and the church has been so at fault at this, making it overly difficult, complex, convoluted really. As if the God of creation is concerned with dogma, theologies, and theories of atonement. Why? Why do you think we do this? I wonder. Do we do this as an excuse to not be loved? So that making our path to love, our path to God, so difficult and so impossible that it's not attainable? What do you think? Meister Eckhart, 13th century German mystic, said, don't try to find God. Simplify your scattered life and become one in yourself. Then God will find you and the rest will follow. Don't try to find God. As God already knows who we are, where we are, what we long for, what we're doing and what makes us tick and what ticks us off. Baptism awakens us to the life of the Spirit, to spirituality that is already indwelling within us, allowing us to awaken this then in others and the world. My first spiritual director, a lovely old Jesuit man. At least he seemed old to my 25-year-old self. He was probably as old then as I am now. But he wanted me to understand that no matter where I was, there was God. No matter who I was in relationship with, 
there was God. That no matter how good or bad I thought of myself in the moment, there was God. And no matter what I was doing or thinking or feeling, there was God. Don't try to find God, he said. Allow God to find you. Because you see, Jeff, you are God's beloved and there is nothing you can do about it. At the conclusion of our service today, we will have the opportunity to renew our baptismal vows. Now, many of us don't remember our baptism because we were baptized as infants. You know, and remembering the actual event doesn't matter. What matters, and this is why we do this once a year, is that you hear at least once a year that you belong, that you were beloved. What matters is not what happened in the past. What matters is what happens now, this moment, in the present. What matters is that we live the truth of these words. It's like that infinity loop, beloved leads to belonging, that leads to being beloved, that leads to belonging, that leads to being loved, that leads to belonging. If you were baptized as an infant as I was, in my cute little baptismal gown, I ask you today to take on the vows that your parents or a parent made for you at that moment and make them your own. And if you were baptized as an adult, believer's baptism, I invite you to renew the vows that you took, whether it was last year or decades ago. I remember the first time I participated in the renewal of baptismal vows. It was at a Companions on the Innerway Retreat at San Juan Batista. And Howard Rice, whom some of you know, he had a long association with this community before his death. He was the celebrant that day. I'll never forget kneeling at Howard's feet as he sat in his wheelchair. And as he put his hand in the water and made a sign of the cross in my head, he said, Jeff, remember your baptism, that you are beloved of God. From that day on, I have remembered that moment, and it's now part of the unfolding story of my own faith as today's renewal will be part of yours. As we recall and remember Jesus' baptism, whether you have yet been baptized or not, remember that Jesus was baptized for you. Jesus was baptized for you so that you would know what it means to belong, so you would know what it means to be the beloved so that you would know what it means to live your life differently. Baptism is an act of God choosing to love us, choosing to caress us into community. And my friends, God has chosen you by giving you this incredible gift of life. And for this, all we can do is be thankful. Because of you, God is well pleased. So be it. Amen.